Hello and welcome to Mr. Free Talk Radio Podcast with your hosts, Theo Free and Nikki Henderson. Join in the conversation as everyday people talk about everyday life. Now turn your listening device up because we are going live. It's Mr. Free Talk Radio and welcome to the experience. Welcome to the experience. The Mr. Free Talk Radio podcast. Our purpose is to create a space for real talk with everyday people who live everyday lives. We are excited about you joining us. You can find our podcast on many platforms including Anchor, Apple Podcast, Buzzsprout, Google Podcast, Radio Public, Stitcher, and Altail. You can look forward to an exciting series of topics as we feature guests who are everyday people with the knowledge to share information that will be impactful to the lives of all listeners. New podcasts are available for download on Wednesdays. Don't forget to subscribe. On today's broadcast, we'll be talking to Nikki Henderson. So let me tell you just a little bit about Nikki Henderson. Nikki Henderson is a motivational speaker. She's also a corporate leader, an author of three books. Her heart's desire is to empower everyone that she encounters to live to their fullest and pursue their life's purpose. Nikki enjoys reading, she enjoys exploring nature, and more than anything else, she loves spending time with her boys. If you follow Nikki on social media, you will see she's an avid poster. She's always posting stuff of the outdoors. She is a friend of this show. She's a friend of mine. She's also my co-host. I enjoy doing this show with her. So not for the first time, and of course not for the last time. But let's just welcome Nikki Henderson as a guest on our show today, where she'll be talking about her new book. It's called My Greatest Blessings, Memoirs of a Single Mom. Thank you to my host. <laughs> Glad well, to be sitting down with, with just the two of us. Good times. Doing it together. So um, for all the listeners out there, today we're going to be talking about, about Nikki's new book, My Greatest Blessings. It's a really good read and you can find it on Amazon and wherever else books are sold. You could also get digital copies of this book. Um, Nikki, Tell us about this book and what prompted you to write this book. I know you have two other books as well. So tell us about this whole journey through authorship for you. Yep. So uh, thanks for having me uh, today. As always, I'm always grateful to be on with our guests that we bring on and totally uh, nervous about being your guest today, Theo, because I know you're going to grow me. But uh, this yeah, book, my latest book, <laughs> is uh, My Greatest Blessings, Memoirs of a Single Mom. And I would say this time last year in the middle of a pandemic, uh, it really dropped on my heart uh, to write and finish this book. I literally wrote it in just a few months um, during the pandemic. It was one of those things where I stood still and realized that I had been walking the single parent journey for about 12 years at that point. And I was like, whoa, 
that's been a, a a minute and there's been a lot that I've learned along the way and being a writer and and desiring to uh, stretch into helping others I decided to put it the pen to paper and write this book and on the cover is uh, me and my two boys I had just a funny thing about the cover every year I get a uh, I usually get a Groupon or some coupon for JC Penny and I go and take them for pictures and that's always been something I've done since they were little I don't believe that just because you're a single parent home that you don't take family portraits there's nothing missing so to speak I'm there we're a family and so I take pictures uh, with them annually so that they can see us as a family and um, I the the photographer says getting this position boys and she puts them in this position and they're like oh my god you know and I'm like whoa but when she showed me the picture it was the most beautiful moment for me and I decided to capture that moment and put it on the cover and signify how as my children look at me I'm looking forward um, and and leading the way for them as a mom and so this picture really drove me to write this book, get it to paper, and uh, was just excited about it. Next month will be one year anniversary of this book being on Amazon. And I'm telling you, it's opened brand new doors that I never imagined. Oh, that's good. That's good. Pos positive, Nikki. Um, tell us about your boys. Um, tell us, um, you know, the little things that these boys and the pleasure they've brought you through the years. Yep. So I am the mom of a 12 year old and a 14 year old boy. And for anyone that lives boy life, uh, I'm smiling right now because it is exciting. Uh, it's my days can range from skateboarding to bowling, to baseball, to basketball. I've done it all. I've been all of those moms. But really, my journey with them started out uh, 14 years ago with a high-risk pregnancy. Um, first, trying to have children for seven years. I was uh, trying to uh, have a child, me um, and, and my husband at that time, we were trying to have a child for seven years. And finally, um, after a visit uh, south and uh, a moment of extreme prayer, and you can read about that in my book, I, here comes Joshua. And I'm like, oh my God, here's Joshua. And within just a few weeks of pregnancy, I've begun to go through a lot of um, difficulties, different illnesses, et cetera. But at 20 weeks, I went into labor and that was just way too early. Uh, we were able to get to 27 weeks, but lo and behold, my journey starts out as a mom in a NICU a neonatal intensive care unit. And um, 21 months later, I give birth to Jeremiah at 30 weeks. And we, we do start out in a neonatal intensive care unit. Uh, and so they called me a frequent flyer. I didn't realize at the time, but God had literally set me up and from miracles. These were miracles that I walked through. And I can't talk through all the story now, but literal miracles. And I talk about that in my book. And so it started out as a miracle, not realizing that just not long after that, I was going to become a single mom of these two boys. And um, 
it wasn't an easy journey. And single parenting, you know, we have different ways. Some parents become single because they choose to be single. And we have, I've known women that have had children um, by way of artificial insemination in different ways because they want to be a mom. And then we have single moms that become a mom by divorce, which is what occurred with me. And then you also have single uh, moms that could be by widow or parents. Uh, there could be just that, you know, you're in a relationship, but you're just not married. And so there's no profile of the, the single parent. Right. Uh, but there's a beauty in what we do as single parents and how we carry um, the the home and the child and all of that all at once. And so my journey, if I had to describe it, it's what I wrote on the book. It's a blessing. And it didn't always feel that way, but it is a blessing. And I was able to to really shift that mindset through writing this book. Now, uh, you call Josh your miracle. There's a portion in our book that talks about one more epi. So t take us through that. Yeah, so as I said before, Joshua at um, 20 weeks, Joshua was ready to get to this world, but Joshua was not quite developed and ready to get to this world. And I remember the doctor saying to me, you got here just in the nick of time, just in the nick of time. If you had been just maybe a few minutes later, he wouldn't have made it. And um, for the next seven weeks, I lay on bed rest, just trying to get further along. Uh, but at 27 weeks, the labor could not be stopped. And we're in the delivery room and we are just pressing through, trying to doctors, everyone setting up because here comes this 27 weeker. And I go through the motions, I'm pushing, I get Josh out, we hear him for a second and then it's silent. There's nothing coming from Joshua. And I see the doctors start fumbling and moving around and the nurse comes over and says, pray for your baby. And she has tears falling down her face. And in that moment, I knew something was going, and I just begin to cry. And, and my mom is crying and Joshua's dad is crying. And we're just crying. And, and the nurse is standing there and she's holding my hand. And the doctors are, I hear someone say, call for the priest. And we know that when they call for the priest, there's some, um, that death has rights. entered the room. Yep. Death has entered rights. the room. Mm -hmm. The last rites, call for the priest to read the last rites. And in that moment, I never forget, I turned, I couldn't even look at the, the table anymore where they were working on Joshua. I turned. And after the fact, I thought about Hezekiah in the Bible who turned to the wall uh, and asked for more time. And I remember turning to the wall and saying, God, if this is to be, then let it be. But God, I need your help. I just remember whispering, I need your help. I need your help. And there was one nurse who she made a call that wasn't really her call to make. She she reached out and um, she said, one more epi. Let's just try one more epi. And no one doubted her call. The doctor didn't say, you know what? No, that's not your call to make or whatever. They got the epi, which is epinephrine, and they gave Josh the dose. And within a few seconds, all the machines began going off. Beep, 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 beep. Everything's going off. They're like, he's coming back. He's coming back. 
And um, in that moment, the priest, I can, I'll never forget him running in the room because he looked disheveled, like his cross was hanging to the side and everything looked like he was rushing from somewhere. And it was just, he ran in, but he said, and he looked and he said, I'm not here to read the last rites. I'm here to bless this baby. And the story changed in an instant. And in that moment, he began to say, let's repeat the 23rd Psalms. And I never saw an entire room of physicians repeating the 23rd Psalms. It was the most powerful thing I had ever experienced in my life. And every time I tell this story, I feel it all over again. It's like I'm there again. And that one more epi has been the mantra. We've needed it over and over again through surgeries, through developmental things that Joshua had to go through. Uh, You know, two more times we lost him, but God has kept him here. And, you know, one night as I was riding back and forth to the NICU because he was in the hospital for 60 days uh, before I could bring him home, I never forget one night I had a dream and I saw Joshua on a bus. he was where he had to be about 14, 15 years old, but he he's in the NICU. There's no way I can know what he would look like. Right. But in my dream, I believe God allowed me to see him older. And he didn't want to share M&M peanuts with one of his classmates on the bus in the dream. Lo and behold, Joshua loves M&M peanuts, right? He doesn't want to share them with me. <laughs> so... Theo, I don't know why you took me to one more epi, but I tell you that is the pivot. And I wrote this book. I said, God, I could not have walked through that moment and not tell as many people as I can about your ability to intervene, even for the Joshua and then for Jeremiah at 30 weeks who had hemorrhaging in his brain. Um, God intervened and it was just... The story is is beyond measure for me, beyond measure. Okay, so let, let, let's talk about those um, twenty seven weeks for a minute, if you would. Those twenty seven weeks must have been a horrible and a scary time for you. Uh, it's just all bed rest, and you have to just go from your kitchen to your sofa to your bedroom to your sofa back to your kitchen. And uh, t- tell us about those moments when you were just there trying to coach Joshua through week by week and those few weeks of bed rest where he was coaching your baby. Yeah, yeah. I The moment that I got pregnant, and and of course you can imagine the excitement after seven years of, of infertility uh, to get pregnant by God's miracle because I was getting ready to take infertility drugs. But I- And you could read it in got, the book. You can read that in the book. And I, I'm not going to tell you what happened. You got to read that in the book. You got to read that part. And so here it is getting through that. And now, okay, I've got the pregnancy, but now I'm going through difficulties. I, I started having hyperthyroidism, which is my body was too much. It was going too fast. And I was literally losing a pound a day. So not only do I have this baby, but suddenly I'm sick, right? And we get into this um, premature birth at 20 weeks. And I'm like, wow, okay, 
this is my promise. How is it not going as planned? This thing should be perfect. Um, but it was perfect because God was in the midst. But I can remember laying there in the bed and I would talk to Joshua. Literally, I would say, we've got to get a little bit further. It's just not time. You need more time. And um, I had to wear things around my belly to uh, detect contractions. And I would spend my days. I was alone most of the time. Uh, I talk about my sister who would come and wash my hair in a basin because I couldn't be on my feet long enough to even wash my hair. Now, mind you, I'm a corporate America woman. I, I, I've, you know, got my career. I got all this and suddenly life just stops. Like everything, like stop. And that was tough uh, to walk through. But I know that I drew closer in to God. I had to learn to depend on other people differently because we can get really independent and not, you know, and not realize it. But when when someone has to come in and wash your hair for you in a basin, that's that's life changing. Um, I knew it that 27 week. I, I remember saying, I got to go to the hospital. Something just doesn't feel right. And um, I knew that we were going to this was it. This was it. But yeah, it was a it was a tough period. But beautiful at the same time. I didn't have a baby shower uh, and all of the things that you might normally attribute. But I really want to share. I wanted to share my story because I want to encourage uh, women uh, and men out there where when things don't go as planned, it doesn't mean that it's all lost. Right. right. And that there's a blessing in it regardless. But yeah, it was, Joshua is still he still likes to have his way. And now I realize that he wanted his way in those 27 weeks. <laughs> Joshua was ready to get here and he was determined to um, get here. But he's a great, oh, great 14-year-old, 15-year-old about to be. He's actually getting ready to do driver's ed. I'm like, what? Driver's ed? You were just my little two-pound baby. He was two pounds. Uh, his dad, who's six foot two could hold him in the palm of his hand. Uh, that's how little he was. And he was so frail, but now he's six. Joshua was six feet and a size 13 at shoe at 15. He's so, six. wow. Uh, that's a fascinating, those are fascinating recounts of, of, of um, Joshua. But um, you also have a, another one, Jeremiah. T tell us a little bit about Jeremiah because you, you, you had a deuce, you had, two difficult pregnancies. Yes. Yeah. It, you know, when you've walked through something one time, you kind of get yourself prepared for the second go round. Jeremiah was a surprise. I did not think that, you know, hey, I thought maybe another seven years before another baby showed up, right? I mean, that's what happened the first time. No, Jeremiah showed up. I went to church one Sunday and I went to Walgreens pharmacy after and I picked up a Sunday paper and a pregnancy test and got home and there was Jeremiah on Mother's Day. He And he's an absolute gift as well. Um, I knew right away that it was good that I was a high risk pregnancy. And so I had to prepare myself for that right away. Um, the difference is by 10 weeks, my doctors put me on bed rest immediately. Again, and so, 
I was able to, I actually spent 20 weeks on bed rest, 20 weeks on bed rest. By the time I got to, because Jeremiah was born at 30 weeks. By the time he was born, I was so weak, I could hardly walk because bed rest actually pulls from your mobility. Um, and I spent 20 weeks with him, um, coaching him through. I gave him his name uh, one night on bed rest as I opened the Bible and saw, um, read from Jeremiah, uh, the book of Jeremiah. And I said, this is your name. This is what I'll call you. Uh, what so was that, that what it was, was that? what was the passage you read? Jeremiah verses one, it says, I knew you, I formed you in your mother's womb. And I, I love that. I love that. And then I also love Jeremiah 29 11 that says, I know the plans that I have for you, plans to give you a hope in a future. And I wanted to speak that that life into my situation and that moment and into, into my son. Um, Jeremiah was also a prophet in the Bible. And right. Uh, my Jeremiah tends to act that way. He's very, um, he kind very of will prophetic. be like, he's very prophetic in his own way. He will say things like, you know, we roller skate. He'll say things like, mommy, you know, you're going to fall, right? And then I fall not too long after. Well, um, well, well that's, that's kind of obvious, Nikki. <laughs> that might have been obvious. Uh, <laughs> but he's very witty and um, has a way about him, very warm and kind. And um, Jeremiah actually... Um, at 30 weeks, uh, when in, we went into distress, we went into, he actually, my water broke about five days before that. And he, I was able to keep him in for five days, even with my water broken, which was thank, a miracle within itself. But if you read my book, you'll kind of learn when that happened and why that happened. And it, so it, it all started all over again. But in the delivery room, I had another just experience of the grace of God where we had to literally start the C-section before I, before I had anesthesia. So all I'll say is, ouch, ouch mm -hmm. and more ouch. Um, but Jeremiah has brought, and, and through this, you know, I know that there's many people that have gone through difficulty with their, with birthing, um, but I just say, God, you know, two times you allowed me to walk through this. There's a reason. There's a reason. And, and it really led greatest, me. It's called my greatest blessings, right? It's called my greatest blessings. It's called, regardless of how difficult it was, it was my miracle and it was my blessing. And it drew me to, at one point, um, worked heavily with March of Dimes and and trying to um, really promote research around prematurity. My doctors to this day don't know why I delivered early twice. Um, it's not something that runs in my family. It's not something that was expected, uh, but it occurred and many women experience it, especially African-American women that we go through it. It's more common than we know, uh, but the after effect of having a child, you know, born early with hemorrhaging on the brain was a journey that I had to walk through in my book that I talk about in chapter two as well, um, of, of God doing it again. And so check that out. Um, and uh, totally, that's just the beginning of my journey. 
the babies. The rest, yeah. There, there, there is a, um, a line in your book where you say, how we perceive our life is how it would appear to us. Uh, ex explain that to us. Yeah, I, I perceived our perception is it's critical, our perception. And I saw my life through the lens of this is a mess. This is a big mess. I have these babies and now I'm a single mom. Uh, my marriage has failed. Oh God, you know, what is this? What, where, where am I going? What am I doing here? And how I perceived it was how I would live it. And in my book, I talk about changing the narrative of your story. And I had to change my story. I had to see my story differently. I had to see it through the lens of God and not through my physical lens. And when I realized that, first of all, children are a reward. You're blessed to have them, okay? Regardless of how you're parenting them, and then realizing that, wow, you survived some pretty tough stuff. Man, that means that you're stronger than you've ever been. And that now you're in a position, because I thought my circumstances disqualified me from helping right. others. Right, right, right. But actually your difficulty qualifies you to help somebody else. And I have extreme passion for, um, mostly any situation that I encounter because I understand what it's like to walk through it, to walk through difficulty. So you, you, you're not only, uh, an author and a mom, you also, um, it's kind of a life coach as well. You have a, um, a zoom thing you do that's called real talk. talk tell us about that. So I do real talk for single parents. I do that as as a part of this book, I didn't want to just publish this book and then move on. I wanted to make it a journey. And so I started doing real talk every second Fridays at 7 p.m. in Zoom so that it's personalized. People can come in. Uh, you're not necessarily, I'm not streaming to any media at this point. I actually like the intimacy that even if it's just one or two, and I've had people come on and really talk about their difficulties and been able to pray with them and encourage them. And so that is, I guess it is a form of coaching, right? It is a, a way of um, empowering someone else. You know, in my day life, I'm a leader, been a leader for over 15, uh, 18 years at this point. And I spend time helping to develop other people, extremely passionate about the development of others and um, servant leadership and all of that good stuff. And it's a, it just infuses into my work that I do, even for with parents. My work has expanded to other platforms for just parents, not even just single parents. Like I've been able to talk to parents um, in general about the journey, about the beauty of, of their children and their journey, about the difficulties of being a parent. No child comes with a manual. I'm still waiting for God to give me the manual for Joshua and Jeremiah. I'm still waiting. It hasn't showed up. They don't come with the manual. They're guess, all different. I guess maybe they, you write the manual. Yeah. 
I love that. I had to write the manual. I had to capture what and and in my book, you know, I don't just I'm not just focused in on the obvious. I talk about you know how I how I got through school two times with two child two young children. I've done two different degrees with my sons and back in school again. Um, I talk about climbing the corporate ladder, the ladder with my baby in one hand and and the corporate ladder in the other, you know, and it doesn't have to be a corporate ladder. It could be anything that you're doing to better yourself. I talk about when the money is funny, you know, truth of the matter is I've paid a light bill with coins. I've I've gathered coins to pay a light bill. I've gone to a supermarket with $10 and wondered how it was going to stretch and saw God literally multiply and send that send things to me when I needed the most. I even talk about dating, um, my journey with that and, and some lessons I've learned, like don't feel like you're not worth something okay. just because you have kids, right? <laughs> you know, and I've even talked about the enterprise of co-parenting, which will have a hopefully an upcoming session with Chris and I who co-parent together. And we we have pride in the way that we co-parent um, 13 years later. And we'll I'll hopefully get him on here and we'll talk about co-parenting and making it work and when I want to punch him and knock him out and but I don't do it. And... I guess I guess we'll talk about that in the next podcast episode, part yes. two of this episode. That's coming. Yeah. That's coming. And but just wanted us... to give an idea of what the different, you know, the different areas that I, I tap into with the book. Two instances in the book um, that drew me in as well. Your mom was go taking you to New Jersey and you look back and you saw your kid and you said, I guess we're going to be doing this by ourselves uh, yeah. or something to that effect. Uh, tell, tell us about that moment, how you felt in that moment. Yeah, and thanks for bringing up my mom, um, because my mom actually wrote the foreword of this book. I, I couldn't, I, I asked, I said, who's going to write the foreword? And my mom was the best candidate. Actually, I had a surreal moment. The publisher writes me uh, an email and says, I need permission from Pauline Henderson to use her forward in your book and i laugh and i say and i call my mom i'm like mom i need your permission to use your forward you know and suddenly my whole book is hinging on my mom's permission um go figure uh she wrote a beautiful forward and she's been an extreme strength in my life and they're in that chapter as i'm we're headed my water breaks at my mom's house right so i told you you'll kind of get that in chapter two my water breaks at my mom's house and we're in New York in the Bronx. And my doctors are like, get to New Jersey if you can, because this is where we are. We need you here. And the NICU with that there is a level three trauma NICU. And I needed that at 30 weeks. And um, my mom, this short petite lady is tearing up the New Jersey Turnpike. I mean, she tears it to pieces. I mean, we even get police escort. My mom in her Honda Accord, I'll never forget. But it was just a surreal moment. I'm sitting on the front seat with a towel underneath me because my water is breaking minute by minute. I look over, my mom is speeding down the highway and I look in the back and Joshua's in his car seat. And I just had this surreal moment where I just, I 
knew what was going on in my marriage. I knew what was going on in my life. I knew that things were about to change. And I just knew that it would be me and my boys. And it, it I couldn't process it at that moment. Even as I'm saying it now, it may feel heavy to, you know, as you, you can sense the, the, um, the way in which it came to me, I couldn't process it, but I just knew it. It was like a flash. And I looked back and then I looked forward and I said, okay, we got this, we got this. And it didn't mean that their dad was a bad person. It just meant that my journey was gonna be a little bit different. And if it, if it was gonna be different for someone else that's listening to this podcast right now to know that you can do it and you can make it, then it's all worth it. But it wasn't, it wasn't like I knew that their dad would be in their life. He's and I talk about that in my book. You know, he's a veteran, he's a God-fearing man, he's a great guy. We co-parent well. He's actually a co-parent now to other, to two other, three other boys. I mean, which takes love within itself. But I just knew that it was just that I was gonna be a single mom somehow in that moment. And when I accepted it that day, I knew that it was enough to get me through the journey. So thanks for recalling that. I do, I do pinpoint and through all throughout my book, because it is a memoir, I share experiences and I share the insight I felt in those moments to capture that experience, along with sharing encouragement and um, scriptures that will help to catapult you to your next phase. At the end of my book, my desire, I sat in my room and cried one year ago today because that was when I turned the book over to the publisher. I cried in my room and I said, God, change somebody's mind about their journey through this book. Change at least one person's mind that they'll see themselves differently and that they'll see the blessing in it, at least one person. And I believe that the one, I think I've gotten it over and over again. And for me, that is beautiful and, and life's purpose for me. Um, well, tell us where we can reach you and um, where people can get the book and, and everything. So the book is available on Amazon, um, Barnes and Nobles, as well as Westbow Press. And you can put in uh, Nikki Henderson, My Greatest Blessings, and it'll pop right up. Uh, you can't miss it uh, as me and, and my boys are on the cover. And uh, if you want to reach me, you can reach out to me um, via email. Feel free to email me. I, I love to uh, connect with people. And it's Mending Hearts Matters. Mending Hearts, H-E-A-R-T-S, Matters, M-A-T-T-E-R-S, at gmail.com. I'm also on social media under Nikki Henderson on Facebook, Instagram, Nikki Henderson 46, or Our Greatest Blessings as well. Uh, so just feel free to reach out. I love to talk, as you can see. I love to share <laughs> and uh, excited about hosting this podcast with um, with Theo in this next phase. It's all add up. It all adds up. It all comes together um, and excited about the next phase of, of what we're doing here. Well, thank you, Nikki, for sharing 
all those um, details that's in your book. And don't forget to get her book. It's called uh, My Greatest Blessings, mom, Memoirs of a Single Mom. And we, um, we will be coming back with Chris, who is her ex-husband, and how they yes. are parenting together on the next episode. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you next time. Have a great one. Send your emails to mrfreetalkradio at gmail.com. It's M-I-S-T-E-R. Freetalkradio at gmail.com. New podcasts are available for download on Wednesdays. Don't forget to subscribe. Thank you for joining us on Mr. Free Talk Radio Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. For more content, be sure to follow us on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and anywhere podcasts are available. To stay updated on the latest content release, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Soon we'll be coming to a YouTube channel near you. If it is real talk, it's on the Free Talk Radio Podcast. We hope to see you soon.